We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince Daddario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And uh, we've been getting a lot of questions either in our mailbag or on the site or in person. Uh, I've gotten a lot in person, actually, Mm -hmm. um, about the quarterback position at Notre Dame and what that's going to look like moving into this football season. And I don't know that there's a clear-cut answer because, frankly, I don't even know that the staff knows what they want to do mm-hmm. 100%. So I we're going to kind of – well, I hope they don't either, but that's all that, – Because if they already have it already figured out, then that's yes. probably not a good thing. Yes. So we're going to talk uh, about Jack Cohn, the transfer from Wisconsin, and what we think his role is going to be and what we think his role should be. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk about Tyler Buckner, who is the freshman phenom, uh, I guess, coming in. That's appropriate. And then your statement, which I thought was fantastic, uh, as a father of five, uh, the middle children of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> you've got Drew Pine and uh, you've got Brennan Clark, and they're kind of just afterthoughts. Been written off by a lot of people. Yeah, they're, they're afterthoughts at this point. Yeah. So we want to talk about them as well and kind of where everything stands. So uh let, let's kick this thing off brian mm-hmm. let's talk about jack cone uh you know we've, we've talked about jack cone before on the website on podcasts on the youtube channel um but not necessarily in this context people are asking us is he a lock to start and i think that's a pretty intriguing question you know, Vince, that's a fair question, and you know we've addressed all these guys at different times in different episodes, but we wanted to kind of put it all into one show because it's 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 really not an easy, clear cut. At least it shouldn't be an easy, clear cut answer. My hope 
more than anything else is that they're going to allow a competition in the spring and in the fall and let the best man win or the two best men win, depending on how you want to go with it. If, if Jack Cohn's one of those two, then, then how you want to go with it. And that my concern is that it's going to be more of like it was in 2019 and then 20, you know, where it was, this is Ian book's job. And no matter how poorly Ian book plays for six or seven games in a row, he's going to be the starting quarterback, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how good Phil Dracovic looks when he comes in the game. It doesn't matter how talented he is. Ian book is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, and, and then, you know, you can then say, oh, well, look how well he did at the end of the year when he played a bunch of teams with a losing record. You know, that's what I hope we don't get into again. And, and, and that's my fear is if Jack Cohn is a lock to start, that's most likely the motivation behind Brian Kelly making him a lock to start. That's my concern because you're not going to take a chance with the younger kids who, who have more talent. Let's just be honest. Jack Cohn is a kid that I like. Um, and I've actually argued in defense of Jack Cohn because there's also a lot of Notre Dame fans that aren't excited about Jack Cohn being the starting quarterback. And I get it. I mean, you look at his number at was numbers at Wisconsin. They're not sexy numbers. I mean, you know, he threw for his one year as a starter. So he basically started for one season. Uh, that was 2019. He got hurt uh, in fall camp of 2020. In his one season in 14 games, he threw for 2,700 yards and 18 touchdowns and five interceptions. And so those are not sexy numbers. You know, but but some things that you have to consider is number one, he did complete 69%, 69.6% of his passes, which is pretty good. Uh, if you fast forward to 2020, the quarterback that everybody at Wisconsin says is way better than than uh, Jack Cohn is Graham Mertz. Well, <clears throat> Graham Mertz this past year, Wisconsin, and I'm a huge Graham Mertz fan, as by the way, talent-wise. But this year, Graham Mertz completed 61.1% of his passes and averaged 6.4 yards per pass attempt. The year before Jack Cohn took over, their starting quarterback, Alex Hornerbrooks, completed 59.5% of his passes, 7.5 yards per pass attempt. You know, and so the year before that, Hornerbrook was at 62.3. The year before that, Hornerbrook was 58.6. The year before that, the starting quarterback, Joel Stavi, was 60.8. The year before that, Stavi was at 53.4. I'm going back all the way to 2013, Stavi 61.9. Uh, 60, 58.8. Uh, you have to go to Russell Wilson back in 2011. Russell Wilson's a pretty de decent quarterback. He's average uh, at best. 72.8%, yeah. right? That was the last time a quarterback at Wisconsin sniffed J uh, Jake Jack Cohn's 69.6% completion rate. So, you know, there's some things to like there. And I think the numbers, you have to understand, the numbers are by, more of a byproduct of the system than they are about his specific skill set. Wisconsin didn't run that conservative offense because of Jack Cohn. They run that conservative offense no matter who the quarterback is. And when you get an elite quarterback, it's going to look a lot better. And, and so, you know, again, in, in, in 2018, Wisconsin averaged 29.7 offensive points per game. In 2020, they averaged 25.1. In 2019, with Jack Cohn, they were 34.1, more than Notre Dame scored this past season. And they had to play Ohio State twice. They had to play Michigan. Uh, a team that Michigan, that Michigan team that beat Notre Dame like 49 to 14. Wisconsin beat them 35 to 14. Um, you know, they had to play Minnesota on the road. Minnesota finished the year as a top 10 team. They had to play number five, Oregon. It was a pretty tough schedule. Three games against top five opponents, three other games against, uh, ranked opponents. They beat, they beat number 15, Iowa that year, you know? So, I mean, he, in two years, he had as many wins over top 15 teams as Ian book had almost his whole career. 
in one season. So no, there's a lot to like about Jack Cohn. And I think I think the point of this podcast is to really do two things. Number one is to say, if Jack Cohn wins the job, first of all, there needs to be an open competition, 100%. And you always go into a season. I don't know a coach in the world that went into a season and says, we don't have at least a preliminary depth chart. Because otherwise, who takes the first rep? Absolutely you can't correct. Put 15 receivers on the to. field for the first rep, and whoever runs the best curl route is going to be your starter. <laughs> you know, you have to have a depth chart. Uh, yes, no question. Start. The, the, the problem that Notre Dame has had is they create these depth charts, and it's almost impossible for anybody that's not number one to beat the guy out. It takes like an injury or someone to just be terrible. That's the issue. You have a depth chart day one, but then you let those other guys over the course of the of camp and spring and fall camp to beat them out. So Jack Cohn should be the first quarterback to take reps when, when you get into the spring. I'd be surprised if Jack Cohn doesn't gen genuinely win the starting job, and that's the rub, Vince. There's this notion that, well, Jack Cohn's only going to start because of Brian Kelly's infatuation with older players. Now, one of the loudest voices of the anti-Brian Kelly and how he handles quarterbacks in the entire Notre Dame media is moi, right? <laughs> yes, it so, is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to sit there and say it's just because Jack Cohn starts doesn't mean that Brian Kelly hasn't made some program right. changes right. that they want to do. We don't know that he has made changes, right? We haven't heard anything like that. And, but and, and we're probably not going to be able to be at spring practice to see – Who's winning that job? Right. I mean, that, that's just that's just reality right. of the situation that we're in right now. We probably won't really know until we get to the fall. But what I do want to do too is we're going to have some conversations here that are going to sound sort of anti Jack Cohn. They're not. They're more anti Brian Kelly. And I say anti Brian Kelly, but they're more knocks on Brian Kelly on how he's handled quarterbacks. Because I, for one, Vince, think Jack Cohn is a lot better quarterback than a lot of people. It seems a lot of folks that we engage with, friends of mine, you know, people. Are, are great listeners and subscribers that have some genuine questions. And, and I get it. I mean, I, again, I get it. I really do get it because when you look at the numbers, they're not sexy numbers. But what I would, again, I would say is it's a byproduct of the system. And, you know, for, for let's, for argument's sake, okay. In 2018, there was this quarterback in Baton Rouge, right? Uh, the LSU had a quarterback who uh, completed 57.8% of his passes in 13 games for 2,894 yards, 7.6 yards per attempt, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. That guy's name was Joe Burrow, right? He had a quarterback rating of 133.21, okay? Jack Cohn in 2019 at Wisconsin threw for 2,727 yards, 8.0 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns, five picks, and had a quarterback rating of 151.76. Just to put that into context, not only was it 18 points better than Joe Burrow, as a senior at LSU, it was also better than Ian Book in 2019 and significantly better than Ian Book's 144 in 2020, okay? It was much closer to Ian Book's 2018 season, and you and I have talked about this. That was when Ian Book was at his very best, and we saw a stretch of football that was arguably as good as any we've seen at Notre Dame outside of that you know, five- or six-game stretch in 2017, when the Notre Dame offense was as good as we've ever seen it, you know, when they were blasting everybody. So, you know, Jack Cohn has some, some numbers that you look at and say, if you can get past the, the raw data yards per, you know, total yards, yards per game, there's some numbers in there that I really like uh, the 8.0 yards per attempt in that offense is good because it's a very conservative offense. Uh, as I said, their starting quarterback in 2020 averaged 6.4 yards per pass attempt. 
And so, and Alex Hornibrook as a third year starter in his last year averaged 7.5. So there's some good numbers. And then, of course, that quarterback at LSU, Joe Burrow, changes his system. The next year throws for 60 touchdowns. So as a 13-game starter in year one, he threw 16 touchdowns and five picks. And Jack Cohn threw 18 touchdowns and five picks. Now, let's be clear here. Jack Cohn is not Joe Burrow. No, he is not he Joe Burrow. He does not have that Joe Burrow's fair. physical talent. Correct. I'm not saying that he is going to go out this year and pass for 5,600 yards and 60 touchdowns. Right. Brian Kelly brings in the next Joe Brady, right? Or let's Tommy Reese be the next Joe Brady. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you can't automatically assume that because quarterback has X numbers that that automatically defines his level. seen quarterbacks recently that whose numbers were were basically prof, profited from the talent around him. I would say that that was the case in 2019 when Ian Book did have good numbers. It was often because he was throwing to two NFL players in Cole Komet and Chase Claypool. So uh, you take those away and his numbers plummeted. And I, you know, I think that, and I don't necessarily say that Notre Dame didn't have talent, but he had elite talent in 2019 and he still had a pretty mediocre offense, uh, pass offense. So the point is just because Jack Cohn was what he was at Wisconsin doesn't mean that's what he'll be at Notre Dame. What you have to look at is you have to look at the tools. What I see from Jack Cohn is a very accurate quarterback and accuracy doesn't just mean completion percentage. You could play in an offense. that's going to, if you can't complete 65% of passes in certain offenses, you just don't deserve to be on scholarship. They're just very, you know, uh, screen oriented. You're, you're, you I mean, you're throwing forty yeah. percent of your passes behind the line of scrimmage. Right. They're high percentage. You know? They're high percentage. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, Wisconsin does have a higher percentage offense. You know, it's a lot of short throws, but they also take a decent number of deep shots and intermediate shots. And, you know, so it's going to be a an offense that should produce a little bit higher percentage. But as I pointed out, nobody since Russell Wilson has had as high of a completion percentage as as uh as jack Cohn had last year so you know there are some talent he, his anticipation is good and, and when i talk about completion percentage it's also about can you put the ball in this in the right spot you know if a guy's running a slant route it's not always the right thing to do to throw it a foot in front of him and hit him on the run depending on where the defender is you may want to put that ball behind him so and that's what's kind of funny is i'll, I'll have conversations with friends of mine and they'll say did you see that pass in through and it was a terrible pass i'm like well what do you mean he goes yeah he threw it behind him i was like yeah why don't you go watch that play again and watch what happens to that receiver if ian leads that guy and, oh yeah he probably gets crushed i'm like yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i mean like ball placement is understanding this ball needs to be low and away this ball needs to be on his back hip this ball needs to be stop him you know i don't can't hit him on the run uh, and Jack Cohn shows that he, he shows it to a higher degree than what we've seen at Notre Dame really for years. I mean, I think the last quarterback Notre Dame's had that really was good at that. You probably have to go back to ever Golson, um, you know? And so again, I'm not saying he has better arm talent than Deshaun Kaiser, or Malik Zaire. I'm just talking about strictly from a ball placement standpoint, understanding that sometimes that ball doesn't need to hit a guy on a run. It needs to be back shouldered. It needs to be low and away or whatever the case may be. So he shows a good understanding of that. One of the big knocks I had on Ian Book was anticipation, and Jack Cohn showed very good anticipation. So if Jack Cohn doesn't show a good anticipation in 2021, then we're going to know 100% that it's an offensive philosophy problem because he showed it at Wisconsin. So And, and he doesn't have a big arm. I had a, a buddy last night who was talking to me about, you know, well, Jack Cohn can't start because they need someone to throw the ball downfield. And I was like, man, I've told you this for a decade. Like throwing the ball downfield isn't always just about arm power. It's That's about exactly right. You hit, you're in the shotgun, you hit your third step, you let that sucker go, you know, and throw it over top of the defense. You know, there, 
the number of throws that quarterbacks make that are beyond 50 yards, you could probably count on one or two hands for an entire season. Right. You know, and so you just don't see that very often. And Jack Cohn has enough of an arm to make those. Ian Book had enough of an arm. It was never no about question. lack of talent. We've it talked was about, about that a bunch. Right, yeah. Willingness. So right. that's what I just cautions you. Like, look, Jack Cohn is a good football player. If if Notre Dame's offense struggles in 2021, it's not going to be because Jack Cohn can't play. It's going to be because they're asking Jack Cohn to run the same BS offense they've ran for years. You know what I mean? And and that's going to be the problem. And so if long if they make the philosophical changes they need to make, he'll he'll he can play. Now the other thing I want to make clear too is I've had people say understand it's an understandable Vince. You and I talked about this in a recent YouTube podcast, and that is. RPO does not equal run by the quarterback. It's running as in handing off. So you don't need to be a mobile quarterback. Mac Jones was not until the Notre Dame game. Mac Jones was at negative yards for the season. In right, that's right. Yeah, okay. Right. right. Uh, so he, he, you don't need it. So again, he's a different quarterback than Ian book. My concern with him is that he's not an overly mobile guy and you're playing behind an offensive line with four new starters. That is and, and, and five new positions. Most likely. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And so um, there are some concerns there, and that's why there needs to be an open competition. So is Jack Kona locked to start? My answer to that would be, I think he's a lock barring injury or him not having recovered from the foot injury he had at Wisconsin. I would say he's a lock to start against Florida State. Beyond that, I hope it's determined by how he plays. I do also hope that he's not controlling the reps the way that Ian Book did the last two years. That would be, I, and even if Jack Cohn is everything I think he can be, and you know, bold statement here, I think Jack Cohn's a better quarterback than Ian Book. I do, as far as the the version of Ian Book that we saw, he's not a more talented quarterback than Ian Book. He's a more effective quarterback than Ian Book, and I think the numbers show that. You know, higher quarterback rating. Um, you know, more efficient quarterback, better ball placement. He did not have the the players to throw to. Uh, and so I think he can be more than effective uh, in in a, a properly run offense. Having said that, even if he is every, even if I'm right, I could be wrong. Even if I'm right, because there's some projection there, they still need to play a second quarterback because Jack Cohn is done after the 2021 season. That's right. And they need to make sure That's that right. whoever your quarterback of the future is, that he's getting real reps. That's what every good team does. Um, and and Ohio State did not do that this year because. They needed to basically the, the 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 Big Ten put them in position where Ohio State had to blow teams out as much as possible. And so you needed to keep your ones in as long yep. as, as you and possibly can. And that's going to screw that. That could potentially screw them in 2021 because their backup quarterback's got no experience last year. Right, right. Notre Dame cannot put themselves in a similar situation. This does not mean that you put Tyler Buckner on the field for play two of the playoff game or series two of the playoff game, right? But there's at least six or seven games this year that you should should absolutely be able to get him some early playing time, and then he could take over in the fourth quarter. And it's not about, um, you know, is Jack Cohn not good enough? No, it's look you you understand he's our quarterback for now, but we also need to make sure that we're doing what we need to do to prepare for the future. Well, uh, that, and, that's that. See, and my my issue is that we haven't seen that right. at all in Brian Kelly's tenure. Right. We we have not seen them look past this year to next year. And mm-hmm. and that's what really concerns me. We talk about you know is Jack Cohn a lock to start? And and if you're if you're talking about you know from a from a standpoint of uh, things that we've seen in the past and his his reluctance to start anybody without experience, et cetera, et cetera. 
then yeah, man, he's a lock to start. There's no question about it. But everything that you just outlined should give people pause and let them understand that if he does start, when he starts, it's not the end of the world. That That's right. not a big deal. The issue will be is if the backup quarterback, whoever that ends up being, wh- whether it's Pine, whether it's Clark, whether it's Buckner, whoever they project being the starting quarterback in 22, if they're not getting legit reps with the ones, when the game is not necessarily on the line, mm-hmm. but you, you've got to get reps when it matters, okay? Mm-hmm. If that's not taking place, then it doesn't matter who the starting right. quarterback is this year. That, that's it, my it, issue. And it's not taking place every game. I mean, absolutely if, no. Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence was healthy for the Notre Dame game in November on November 7th, DJ would not have played in the set, you know, like he did against Citadel and Wake Forest and some of those other teams, right? I'm not saying, hey, when you go to play Wisconsin in Soldier Field, you better make sure you get Tyler Buckner your third series. Now, if Tyler Buckner's earned that and it's a legitimate part of their game plan, then then that's fine. But I'm not advocating for that. I'm not advocating that on the third series against USC, you get Tyler Buckner in there, unless that's, again, unless it's part of what you're doing. What I am advocating for is he needs to play in the first half against Toledo. He needs to play in the first half against Navy. He needs to play in the first half of a lot of those games. It's the first half. That's right. the key. Not going in and handing the ball off four times and taking a right. knee. That's, that's not, not experience. I right. can do that. I mean, that's you don't need that. That's not necessary. I want him with you know receivers. I want him running mm-hmm. the offense. That's right. what I want. And and again, we saw Clemson do that this year. We saw Clemson in some of those games early in the year when they were beating teams convincingly, like like DJ Ongalele, uh, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce it. You do it much better than I do. Ui Ongalele. He threw. He went eight of eleven against the Citadel, <laughs> but but they got him in in the first half, and he wasn't throwing like bombs. I mean, it wasn't that kind of thing. It was just it's get him in there. A, it's getting him into a rhythm, and it's getting you know just a feel right. for what the offense is. Right. That, that's that's the point. Let you him know? make a couple throws. Let him get his feet wet and, 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 you know, if he handles it well, then you do it again, you know, but you, you have to get him into some of those leverage situations. And, you know, that is an issue for Brian Kelly. And he said, it said it statement. He said the statement plenty of times, like, you know, my job is not to necessarily prepare for the futures to win games this year. And I'm like, well, he's the master of false dichotomies. I swear. It's like, well, those two things aren't in complete contrast to each other, right? Like, you you look teams do that all the time. I, I've heard from people at Ohio State that I that would know this for a fact that Urban Meyer would go into games and say, I you need to get so and so at least five snaps. He would dictate that to his assistant coaches. And it was always young guys. It was always like, look, we need to get this guy ready, you know. And in this game, he needs to play at least X amount of snaps. He needs to play at least novel idea. Right. You know, maybe, you know, maybe so I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because I want to try to stick to the quarterback situation. But anyway, I, I the the point is kind of twofold. Number one is there's a scenario in which Jack Cohn starts this year because Jack Cohn's their best quarterback and gives them a chance to win a lot of games. If Notre fine. Dame makes yeah, it's definitely fine for me. Fine. I think I'm a, probably a little higher on him than you are, Vince. You probably um, are, but I understand where you're coming from. Right. I totally get it. I, I'm I'm on board with him being the starter. I've right. come to grips with that being the case. Right. And again, I'm when I make the Joe Burrow comparison, I'm not predicting Jack Cohn's going to be the number one overall draft pick of the 2022 NFL draft. I mean, come on, man. If you want to make a bold projection, right. there it is. I'm okay. simply saying that he's going to have weapons this year. And if they make the necessary changes on offense, which I'm concerned about based on some other things, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do a show on this next week. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, 
he's a guy that can execute that at a high level and lead Notre Dame to a lot of victories. It's just that don't sacrifice the future for 2021 because 2022 is going to be a bear of a schedule. Exactly. You've got correct. Clemson, you've got Ohio State, you've got USC, you've got Stanford, you've got another game against North Carolina. Uh, so the the fact of the matter is you're, you're going to need to do both and right. prepare for both. And again, not, that's not an every game thing. When you really are going into a game, you're like, this team is on our level, then then no, you're, it's all hands on deck. We're winning on Saturday. But you should not go into the Purdue game thinking, I can't play anyone besides my 22 because we might lose to Purdue. It, 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 if that's where you are as a program, then, then you've got much bigger problems. You know, uh, you can't go into that situation also thinking that Purdue's a pushover. Ohio State thought Purdue was going to be a pushover in 2018. This is not a situation where you're it's – like, it's not like the Ball State game in 2018 where Notre Dame gave their backups like half the snaps in practice that week, week which was stupid because they thought Ball State was going to suck. And then, of course, it was a much closer game. That's dumb. No, I'm saying make those guys part of your rotation. Yes, that's Make exactly them right. be prepared to have five, ten right. snaps a game. And you give them the appropriate number of snaps for that in practice. That's what good coaches do. And that's what Notre Dame needs to start doing. At quarterback, that's a little can be a little harder to do. But they need to find a way to do it. Or maybe they do in, 20, in 2021 what they did with Ian Book in 2020, or 28, uh, 2018. Right. Remember they brought start bringing Ian Book in in, in and the red zone. The goal line. He was the goal yeah. line quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I I literally had some anti Brandon Wimbush person tell me that that's the reason Notre Dame won the Michigan game, because they would not have scored touchdowns on those handoffs of Brandon. And I thought I laughed really? at first because I thought he was joking, but he's like, "No, I'm serious." He handed the ball off. Yeah, I know. But anyway, you get all types of crazy opinions when it comes to quarterbacks. But Jack Cohn can play. I, and I don't think Notre Dame's depth chart behind him is as dire as people think. And and again, part of that too is because of of how good the incoming freshman is. And you know Tyler Buckner's a, a very talented player, but so was Phil Dracovic, so was Brandon Wimbush, so was Malik Zaire, so was Deshaun Kaiser, so was Gunnar Keel, so was uh, Everett Golson. You know, so yes, he's talented, but they got to develop him, and and they've got to make those necessary changes in in twenty twenty one to make him as part of that development. And it's assuming he can beat out the other guys, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Well, let, let's talk about the other guys, the 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 Stepford children uh, in the room, and uh, <laughs> you, you, you've got you've got Brendan Clark, who obviously suffered a knee injury, uh, you know, sometime last year, and he was unavailable for about half the year, I, at least the latter third of the year, um, he was unavailable, and uh, and then you've got Drew Pine, and I know you're high on Drew Pine. We've talked about Drew Pine an awful lot. He's a He's a heady kid. He's a smart kid. Um, do these two, and and you can take them individually if you want. Do these two, um, should they be mentioned? Should they be part of this quarterback competition? Absolutely, why, they should be why? part of it. They should be part of it because, number one, they're talented enough to, to play. Now, some of them, I would probably say, are going to be a little bit spend less time in the competition because, look, you cannot have four quarterbacks in the competition for – entire spring and entire Agreed. fall camp you can't Agreed. i mean that that you you over time you have to set basically deadlines where it's not you realistic know, yeah. right by the middle of spring camp the number four guy is going to get a little bit less work you know and sure. the number three guy if there's a de- if there's a gap between two and three number three guy is going to get a little bit less work as well you get into fall camp by the time you get past really practice 10 
right? Yeah. Um, although nowadays it's 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 probably closer to two weeks because you're going to have a Sunday off and there's no two days anymore. But you know, usually you get to about ten to ten to fourteen, ten to twelve, somewhere around there, Vince. I think yours is more two weeks. I think it's kind of your standard is two weeks. Yep. You, you you have to at least be down to two. You know, and if you're having trouble deciding between two and three, then the odds are two and three aren't aren't playing that well. And if there's not much separation between one and three, it's either they're all three playing phenomenal football or none of them are playing great football. And let's be honest, in the history of football, it, the odds are better that all three of them, no one's separating themselves. <laughs> right. Um, it's rare that you have like three quarterbacks just playing at an elite level, you know. Um, and you're just like, man, I don't know, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Right. So you have to start making some decisions. And so, again, those guys are going to kind of fall to the wayside and so it wouldn't shock me if by the end of spring one of those four guys is out of the competition and he knows it and and you know hopefully they'll stay but if not you know you might see a transfer but i I don't want to speculate on that because that's not you know it's just not fair for us to do that's just kind of how the process goes sure yeah so for me when i look at brendan clark and drew pine they could not be any more different Agreed. And, and Agreed. Drew, you know, Brendan Clark is a really good athlete, big, powerful arm, um, can run. I love his uh, arm. Can throw I, the I ball do. down. It really is. It's a the way of beauty. It, let me let me say it. Let me let me rephrase. I love his arm because of the way the ball looks when it comes out. Yeah. I mean, it's just a tight spiral. You know, mm-hmm. the coaches say, you know, can he spin it? This boy can spin it. There's no question. The problem is it's like firing a cannon with your eyes closed. Right. And you're not really sure what the conclusion of that shot is going to be. It's beautiful coming out. If you put the slow-mo on the the cannonball coming out of the cannon, it's Mm -hmm. gorgeous. But is it going to hit anybody on the other side? That's the problem. Now I've heard that got better in, in this fall. We don't okay. know. We, we didn't see any. Yeah. We didn't see any practices, and he didn't look overly accurate in the one game he got to throw balls in, which was only like a couple passes against Pitt. Yeah. But uh, you know he's got the knee injury, which is a concern. It's a second it knee injury, which is even more concerning. Um, you know the 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 fact that he's missed some time. I was told that Drew Pine was sort of as good, if not better, than him for stretches of the year when it comes to running the offense. Okay. Now, that's kind of where Drew Pine comes into play is Drew Pine does not have the skills. He's not the guy you're at a you're at a seven on seven and you're like, wow, look at that guy's size. Yeah. Or look at his athleticism or look at his arm strength. You're not going to say those things about Drew Pine. What you're going to say is, I, how did he see that guy? Yeah. I didn't even know that guy was going to be open. How did he find that guy? You know, oh, look at the touch. Look at the accuracy. Uh, you know, Drew Pine at the uh, elite was the opening right? And the seven on sevens was just really outstanding. I think his team got to the championship game because again, he doesn't have the big arm of a lot of other quarterbacks in that class, but he can, he, he wins. He gets the ball where he needs to go. Don't say that. And when you, when you know, but I I just said he gets, I also said he gets the ball where (laughs) he needs to go. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So there's a difference. I got to call you out on the winner. No, no. I said winner (laughs) and gets the ball where it needs to go. Um, I define winner. I think being a winner is a real thing, but there's a difference between are you winning in spite of, because of, or just with. I agree. So uh, Drew Pine is the kind of guy you can win because of, yes. because of his ability to distribute the ball. Now, what he is not a guy you're going to win because of is the way in which Trevor Lawrence is a guy you can win. Where, you know, if the receivers aren't getting open, I think back to the Ohio State game in 2019. The receivers for Clemson were playing terrible. They were yep. dropping balls and weren't getting separation. 
Uh, and Trevor Lawrence just kind of put the team on his shoulders and like ran for over 100 yeah. yards. He just yeah. was making unbelievable plays. I had no idea he could run like that, to be right. honest. I remember watching that game. and I was they never needed him to. I was thinking right. to myself, well, he's taking off. This isn't going to end well. And then, holy crap, he's pulling away from guys. Like, did he just run a dude over? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that's who he is. He's going to do whatever you need him to do to win yeah. the game. And you're going to win because of him. And that's what makes him, to me, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. And, and uh, and and I don't think people realize that the talent around him at Clemson this year was not very good. No, I agree. I would not trade if you said you can trade Clemson skill players again, not how they were used, but who's on the but team. You can trade Clemson's entire skill players, running back, tight end, receiver depth chart for Notre Dame's. I would not do it. And I know they've got five stars and all this. I would not do it, including Travis Etienne. You're talking I would not do it. Depth chart. I'm talking the entire depth chart. You know, so like, hey, you take Travis Etienne, it also means you need to take the same number two, three, four, and five. You know, right. what I say, exactly. would I take Travis Etienne and put him on the roster with Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams? You uh, betcha. Yes. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. You have to trade all for all. Yep. Uh, I would not do it unless it came with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And then, and then I would do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a knock on Ian Book. I just said Trevor Lawrence is one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever I've seen in a long time. It, yeah. Um, you know, because Pat Mahomes wasn't Pat Mahomes in college, you know. Uh, so he, he was kind of a, a slinger in that freelancer Cliff Kingsbury offense. But anyway, the, the point is, Drew Pine's the kind of guy, if you put town around him, you know, he's he's John Stockton, right? You know, I mean, that, that's, yeah. the, that's the example I use. He's, it's not going to be flashy. He's not going to score 30 points a game. But, man, your team's going to be really good because he's going to get that ball wherever it needs to go. He's going to get it on time. You're going to think he's throwing here, but then he's throwing over there. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. who Drew Pine can be. And, you know, my concern, however, is guys like that don't often win starting jobs over guys with great talent. That's the, that's the disappointing part about it. Um, you know, because Drew, you know, Brendan Clark and Tyler Buckner are just going to make physical plays that Drew Pine can't dream of making. And, and it's going to be incredibly plays that coaches are like, wow. Yeah. You and, know, and, and yeah. It just is. And and we've seen uh, you know, we've seen how that can go at not just Notre Dame, but other places. So I mean, that's kind of the 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 concern for Drew Pine is is he going to get a real shake? Yeah. I think if he gets a real shake. You know, he, he, that's why I would have really been interesting to see what Notre Dame's depth chart would have looked like. I would have loved that. I'm happy they got Jack Cohn. I've said when they got him, you had to do this because there is question marks in the depth chart. Ty, uh, Brandon, Brendan Clark has the knee injury. Tyler Buckner's inexperienced. You had to go get a veteran. Let's just say Jack Cohn would have gone to somewhere else, Ohio State. I would have loved to have watched the Tyler Buckner Drew Pine battle. You and me both. And I it, I was really looking for, and that's I think that's one of the reasons not to cut you off. That was one of the reasons that I was. You don't have to keep apologizing for that. <laughs> as many times as I cut you off during shows, <laughs> you do not have to to apologize the couple times you do that. So just say you got you're All good, right. buddy. Say what well, you got to say. People want to hear what you got to say. That's one of the reasons I was disappointed that they picked up Jack Cohn. To be perfectly honest mm -hmm. with you, because I was really looking forward to the quarterback competition between the three guys that were going to be in the room. That that is really what I wanted to see because of all the reasons that you just outlined. You've got two completely different kind of guys going after the starting position, mm -hmm. and I was really looking forward to that. And then they bring in Jack Cohn, and he's probably going to be the starter, and right. that competition's not going to take place. Now you'll have it for the number two spot, and and they're what, not going to get the number of reps. But that's yeah. exactly right, and it's it's disappointing to me. And I again, I totally understand why Jack Cohn is in the room. I think they they needed to bring in, especially with the knee injury to Brendan Clark. I think that might be what pushed them over the edge in, in going and finding a graduate transfer. Um, at least I hope. 
Uh, but at the same time, I was really looking forward to that battle. And it's nothing against Brennan Clark. Um, I just think that that Pine and Buckner were probably going to be ahead of him. Uh, and I think it was going to be one heck of a one-two punch. I, yeah. It, it would have been a lot of fun to watch. You could have definitely played those two guys you know, together. Absolutely. I mean, let's just say that Tyler wasn't ready to run the entire offense and Drew's your starter. That would have been a much easier scenario to get him in on – you know, certain packages and, you know, he's your red zone guy and he's your, you know, he's your change of pace guy. Tyler Buckner is. And then you allow him to kind of slowly yeah. throw into that. And yes, you know, maybe it's always that way. Or, or maybe Drew Pine proves that he is that good. Or maybe Tyler Buckner says, hey, you know, Drew's doing a great job, but I'm better. I, I, that's yeah. what you, you want to be in that situation. Like, you want to have those battles. See, I feel like if Drew Pine ever got his opportunity to actually run the team with the ones, I don't know that he's ever allowing anybody else to get on the field. I, and I just I feel that way. I like. You mean the way like if they did it like a strip? Like if they say, "Hey, for the next week, we're going to let Drew run the first team offense and see how he does." I don't know if he ever gives yeah. it up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, can I just see that. I can know, see that. But again, that's my faith in Drew Pine, though, as a quarterback. Yeah. It's just he he's going to have. But see, that's the problem, though, Vince. I think Drew's going to have to be given that shot. Yeah, I don't know if he's the kind of guy that's going to look so good in drills and things. Yeah. Like, and that's the problem. That's what yeah. makes, it's not a problem. Like when I say problem, I'm not blaming the coaches for this. This is football. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, you know, I mean, I fit. Hey, I got the six, four kid that runs a four five. And I got this other kid who's five eleven runs a four seven. You know, who's going to get the first shot? It's going to, you, you know what I mean? We, we come to find out, though, the five eleven four seven guy is just a better football player, you right. know? So I, I'm not faulting the Notre Dame. It's not a shot at them. I get no, it. No, it's not. It's I not. get it. I mean, I would do the same thing. Yeah, honestly. but it's like give Drew that chance. Hey, look, we're going to let Drew run a first team quarterback situation this 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 next week, and then see how he does. And if he right. doesn't handle it well, then you had your shot. And you know, but I just don't know if he's ever. I mean, because the other thing too is, it's kind of like um, when people were talking about Phil Dracovic in the spring two years ago. Remember that fiasco that that whole. He was playing with the second team offensive line and this backup skill players right. against, and a lot of those snaps were against the first team defense. <laughs> Who do you think is going to look better? Yeah, when one guy's playing behind Notre Dame's offense, right. first team offensive line with you know Claypool and Miles Boykin, or I mean uh, Cole Komet, and the other guys playing with a bunch of true freshman offensive linemen and a couple walk ons and stuff like that. That's the that's the concern is you want to try, especially during the spring. You want to try to find as many opportunities as you can with your quarterbacks to get an equal number of opportunities early with your starters. Can I can I just say a, a funny story from that spring that no. I, I just I laugh at so much? No, all right. No. <laughs> um, that is the fact that you, you hear talking heads in our area talk about the fact that well, Phil just kept getting picked off by Kyle Hamilton. Um, Kyle Hamilton's a pretty darn good player. So I don't know that you can knock Phil Dragovic for getting picked off by Kyle Hamilton. Like that was just like, do you know who you're talking about? Okay. Well, it's also he was getting picked off in like seven on sevens, right? You know where you're going to throw it. I mean, especially young quarterbacks, they don't understand. Like uh, with the young quarterback, I was this way in college. Like, why would I not throw it? It's a seven on seven. There's no pass rush. Like right, I right. should. Force like this is the time to do it, right? And, and so and you'll it's like you're going to run. You're not going to run. That's how you learn. You know, you learn. Like, okay, I thought I could fit that ball in there because that's what practice is for. Hey, can you make this throw or not? Absolutely. Well, give it a shot. Yeah. Okay, got picked off. I can't make that throw. Right. That's what practice is for. And 
And honestly, the fact that Ian Book didn't take those chances in practice then manifested itself into games where he wasn't going to take those chances in games. And so, you know, we saw – let's not go down that road again. No, absolutely. So, I, I just wanted to say – that being that we need to see Drew Pine get that opportunity. And if he does, I think it's going to be a lot harder to pass off on him than – I agree. Than, than expected. So – but that's, that's also partly why I'm confident that Notre Dame should get good quarterback play this year. Yes. And because yeah. I like Jack Cohn as if he's healthy – and again, you put him in the right offense. I love Tyler Buckner. As I've said before, Tyler Buckner, Phil Dracovic, and Everett Golson had the three highest grades coming out of high school of any quarterback I've given Notre Dame. And again, this doesn't count Jimmy Clausen because I didn't have a grading system back when Jimmy Clausen was coming out. Jimmy Clausen's the second best high school quarterback I've ever seen behind Ronald Curry. I'm talking about Brian Kelly era, you know, only. Those three are the top. And there's some distance between them and everybody else. And and I saw Deshaun Kaiser in person. I wasn't covering the team at the time, but I was in Defiance coaching coaching at Defiance, and he pl- they played Defiance in the playoffs. And so I got a chance to see him in person. So uh, these guys are just better, you know. And so Tyler Buckner's a tremendous talent, but and I also really like T- Drew Pine. I think t- I think if there's an odd man out for me, it's Brandon Clark. Yeah, I agree. And it's just a combination of factors. It's the injury. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he needs so much more development. It's right. hard for me to justify as a coach. You have to make these decisions sometimes. Sure. I have four quarterbacks in my room. There's a guy that's got a lot of tools, but he's just way behind everybody else when it comes to mechanics, reads, progressions, right. how he handles pass rushes, pocket mo- you know, pocket maneuverability, not from a physical standpoint, but from a you know, of instinct standpoint, right? Do I really need, should I really invest the time in him when I don't know if he can get there or should I invest the time with the guys that already have that, that also have skill. And that's just the reality of it. It's almost kind of like Brendan Clark's going to have to show that he's improved in some of those areas, but how's he going to do that when he's battling a knee injury? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's an unfortunate situation. And, and look, and Brendan Clark has the physical talent that he could make this comment look pretty dumb down the road, too. Sure. Yeah, no question. Uh, but somebody's going to be the odd man out. And right now he's got the most, you know, notches on the negative category for me when it comes to all those factors. Now, he also throws the best ball. So there and he's an athlete. But if he's not healthy, is that athleticism really going to show? Yeah, you know, right, with that knee. Yeah, sure. So, you know, those are the things you look at, Vince. And and but Drew Pine, I feel like if somehow Notre Dame has to play Drew Pine in 2021, okay. Yeah, well, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. Um, yeah. If Tyler Buckner eventually becomes a starting quarterback, all right, let's go, let's roll. Look, you, you accept the fact there's going to be rookie mistakes, and yep. accept the fact he's going to make big time plays. Well, and, and look, here, here's a fact: Drew Pine and. um uh, Drew Pine and, and Buckner both have played the most recent football at the same time. Mm-hmm. When Drew Pine was a senior, Buckner was a junior, and that was the last time either one of them had a competitive snap. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're coming in with the exact same amount of experience at yeah. this point. And, and and Buckner only had one full year of playing because he had the knee injury prior to his junior year. So, um, actually, Drew Pine has more right. experience coming in. It's just the It's just that – Buckner has more tools, better tools, obviously. Mm-hmm. So again, that competition, man, I was really looking forward to seeing that. I, yeah. I really was. Yeah, it was going to be a lot of fun to watch. It, it really was. And but you know, it's I'm looking forward to this one with Jack Cole. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm look, high on Jack Cole. 
but it's just it's going to need to get settled soon. Yep. Um, and number one, do I th- I think that Jack Cohn is probably going to have to? I mean, we were talking about this on WSBT. You know, what would it take for somebody to beat out Jack Cohn? They're going to have to be significantly better. Correct. And, because and, of and, the experience that Jack Cohn brings. Yeah. To the table. And and this yeah. is not a knock on Brian Kelly. This is a this is a every coach in America should be this way. If yes. it's close. And you've got a veteran that's got 14 starts under his belt, and a young guy that has zero attempts in the case of Tyler Buckner, or like two attempts in the case of Drew Pine. <laughs> you go with the veteran. Yes, you, you're just going every to. time, every time. Right when it's close. Yes. Now, if you're saying, "Well, that's not what you said in 2019," like I said, when it's close, <laughs> it wasn't close in 2019, in my opinion, between Phil Jakovic and me and Book. Phil Jakovic is clearly significantly more talented. Than Ian Book was, uh, so it's not the same thing. It's it's more about when it's close, you go with the guy that's more experienced. And Notre Dame did that in 2018, right? I talked to a lot of people that said that that Ian Book outplayed Brandon Wimbush in fall camp. Talking to some sources in Notre Dame, they went with Brandon because Brandon was the more experienced player, and Ian had the you know Ian's experience was coming off the bench. That's a whole lot different than being a starter. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so they went with Brandon, but that's also why. Brandon's time in the starting lineup was going to be short and he needed to play really well to hold on to it. Played really well against Michigan and then not so much the next two weeks. And that's why they made the move. Um, you know, so if there's that level of, of open competition, then they're going to start the, the, the more experienced player first and should, if it's close, but so what's Drew Pine got to do to start? He's got to outplay Jack Cohn on a daily basis. Like, He's got to be clearly more yep. prepared and, and more effective. Yep. Uh, he's That's got to be clearly tough. outplay Tyler Buckner on a daily basis. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be especially tough for Tyler Buckner. Like, look, to me, Tyler Buckner's not in competition to start for me. He's just not. I think for me, Vince, and you tell me if you agree with this or not, for me, Tyler Buckner's in competition to be whether or not you're going to be the number two and you're going to be a guy that we're going to try to work into the rotation. Okay. That that's I, I don't think he's in competition. To me, there's no scenario barring injury in which Tyler Buckner should start against Florida state. Yeah. I, I agree with that as well. Just be just from a lack of experience that I just outlined yeah. a little bit ago. It's you're, if you're going to give him the keys to the car, mm-hmm. man, he, he better be just unstinking believable uh, all the way. Or your spring. other guys can't play. Yeah. They, they're, they're all on crutches. I mean, I mean, that's Trevor Lawrence was significantly better than Kelly Bryant. Every he didn't report you read, coming out of Clemson in the fall camp of 2018 was Trevor Lawrence is outplaying Kelly Bryant, but Dabo was smart. He'd still started Kelly Bryant who led the team to the playoff the year before. And he worked Trevor in, he got him some playing time. And then when he was comfortable, he took over. That's what I could see from from Tyler Buckner. So I'm not saying Tyler Buckner shouldn't play. I'm saying he shouldn't start because here's the problem. You start a freshman and then he falters. What do you do? Right. You're going to bench him now. Should right. never put a freshman quarterback in that situation. Agreed. Agreed. Play the veteran. And as the freshman develops and you get him playing time, then if he eventually proves to be he's the better guy, then you play him a little more, a little more until, you know, game five or six and he's ready to take over. That's what they yeah. do with Trevor Lawrence. But as much as I love Tyler Buckner, he's not Trevor Lawrence. Nah, nobody is. And and Notre Dame won't have the supporting cast around. Look, I've argued Notre Dame has a very good supporting cast. Their supporting cast isn't as good as the one Jalen Hurts had in 2016 at Alabama. It's not. I mean, it's good. It's really good, I think. But it's not what you know. It they don't have the kind of overall depth that that they had that year. I mean, 
you know, so they had OJ Howard and Calvin Ridley. That was a really good receiving core and, and their offensive line was tremendous. So it's, it's, it's just a unit. And that defense was just unreal in 2016 as well. So the, the point is, you can't look at past rare circumstances as a freshman playing and say, well, because that guy played, then Tyler Buckner should play. Jameis yeah. Winston didn't play a snap as a freshman. Michael Vick didn't play as a freshman. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Sure, sure. Tyler Murray got playing time as a freshman, and he faltered because he was in a situation where he just wasn't quite ready yet. So I think they need to give him an opportunity. Justin Fields played very little. He was a backup. Should he play? If he's the number two guy, yeah. And and if it's close, you should play. Uh, you know, I could see a scenario in which Tyler Buckner has a role, but if something happened to Jack Cohn, it's actually Drew Pine that would go in and run the right. offense, and then Tyler Buckner would stay in that rotation. In that secondary role. role. Yeah, right. right. I, I agree with that. I think that's best case scenario, frankly, um, yeah. as we're looking at it. No question. So yeah. It's going to be fun. I, I Again, I wish I was there in the spring to watch these guys mm -hmm. duke it out uh, because, look, you and I love offense. Uh, I love quarterback play. And frankly, I'd love to see who they're throwing the ball to as well. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of where we're at with the quarterback situation. You know, I don't know that we're going to find a whole lot out um, during spring. Uh, it's going to be whatever they tell us and right. whatever you're able to well, glean from your I'll sources. Do my, I'll do my best to sure. try to figure some things out. But I, it absolutely, is, it's going to be unfortunate that we're not going to. We're not going to be able to put our own eyes. Hopefully, on they it. change. Hopefully, that's that plan that's changes. Possible. But as that's of possible. right now. Um, that's kind of where we are. Yeah, I think Notre Dame enjoyed not having us around, frankly. So we'll see how that goes. We'll comment. <laughs> I'll comment for you. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. That's Brian. Nope, you're over there. That's Brian. Yep. I'm Vince. And uh, we will talk to you next time at irishbreakdown.com. Mark Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.